More stimulating talk radio. MileHighRadio.com And now, live from Atlanta, Georgia, everyone's social media friend, it's Deb Creer. Every week, Deb talks with the movers and shakers, the experts, the best of the best in social media, bringing you all of the latest tips, techniques, and trends for successfully using social media. In social media, there's only one constant, Deb Creer. Morning, everyone. I am Deb Creer. I'm the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And this is going to be a great program today because we're going to be talking about public relations and how it is now integrating with social media, how to use it best, um, and, and all of those various things. And with me is public relations expert Wendy Alpine. So welcome, Wendy. Thank you. Good morning, Deb. Great, great. Well, it's good to have you. So let me tell folks just a little bit about you before we get started. Wendy Alpine is president of Alpine Communications, an award-winning public relations company that helps businesses identify, connect, and engage with their customers. Alpine Communications has been in business for 14 years, providing results-driven public and media relations for clients. With an expertise in healthcare, technology, and human resources, Alpine Communications provides programs and initiatives that build brand awareness and establish trust and credibility for businesses. So again, Wendy, welcome. Thank you so much, Dad. So glad to be here. Oh, you know, this is, is going to be so great and so informative because, you know, we, we want to talk to people about, first of all, let, let's tell them what is the definition of public relations? Okay. Um, well, public relations helps companies identify, connect, and engage with their customers. Okay. It's a way to convey information about your business to your various publics, whether they be media, employees, various stakeholders, it could be fundraising, uh, sponsors, that type of thing. So it's Information that you want to get out to the public, um, whether it's um, business to business, other businesses, or business to consumer, which would be direct to to the consumers that you're trying to target. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm I've been doing public relations for <clears throat> over 20 years. I started when I was very young, um, and back in the good old days when we did public relations, we would write a press release. And there was a specific format that we all used that we were taught. We had to edit it in a special way using either AP style or Chicago style. Um, you know, and, and, and all these things actually made it more easy to do because there were these guidelines to be able to do them. Um, and then you had a printed photo of whatever it was, or maybe more than one. You know, maybe you were doing a press release about, say, a new product. You'd have, you know, photos of that, and you had these actual printed photos. And then you printed the press release, and you put it in those things that we very rarely see anymore, which is called an envelope, (laughs) and you mailed it out to people. 
You know, and, and by people, I mean the media, whether it was, you know, the general media. So, uh, you know, something like your local newspaper or the Wall Street Journal or, you know, depending on what it was, you pick the, the level of, of where you were sending it. Or it could also be an industry type of publication. And social media and, and the Internet and email and, and everything in general has changed how that works. <laughs> because now... I don't know. I, when was the last time you actually sent out a printed press release? <laughs> well, you know, interesting that you say that, Deb, because um, I read a blog post one time that was the headline was, the press release is dead, long live the press release. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought that was kind of telling because although we're not sending press releases by mail anymore, like you mentioned, you know, looking stamp mm-hmm. and sending it out, um, we are still writing press releases, but we're right. sending them electronically. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, um, a lot, a lot of clients use different, uh, news distribution services like PR Web or mm-hmm. PR Newswire, and, um, they've built in various components to socialize the press release. You could mm-hmm. embed video, you could include your social links, um, you know, photos and things like that. So everything's electronic and then you can track it and see how many people you know, clicked on your press release, how many people read it, that type of thing. So this press release is still alive and well, and businesses still are using it, and media still want it. Um, mm-hmm. It's just that it's, it's done in a different way now, in a more socialized, electronic fashion. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, we've all seen the staff at, at these various media outlets decline in number, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and the size. It's, it's funny, as we've gotten more into having everything electronic, you know, where we're looking at, we're watching the news over the Internet or, you know, things like that, things like newspapers, actual print newspapers have definitely declined. Uh, you know, it used to be that the, the newspaper was the big thing and you got it either every morning or every, every evening, and it was a large publication. And it just continues to astound me how small those get. And, and you know, I, I subscribe to the paper here in Atlanta, and we get it on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and we're probably the only people in our neighborhood that actually get that because I like having that newspaper in my hand. But what this means is because there's fewer staff, they are relying more and more on public relations and, and submissions from people who you know, who have that, I'm putting this in air quotes, news. Um, you know, and, and because I don't think what many people understand is a lot of the actual articles have been about, you know, a product, a service, a company, you know, a new employee, whatever, those have been provided to them by that public relations person. It hasn't been the media calling up and saying, hey, ABC company, we understand that you have a new product or service. So that's why public relations is still so very important. Yes, exactly. I mean, there's such a plethora of information and and, um, news sources out there. Uh, it's it's kind of overwhelming these days, and, and like you mentioned, um, you know, public relations still plays a very important role because companies still need to get their information out by, um, like, almost like a third-party source, like a, like a public relations professional, um, because journalists are just bombarded with information, and if you're not advocating, I call it, I call it like advocating, so like mm-hmm. your public relations advocates the company. So if you're not advocating for the company, you don't have an advocate, you know, chances are your news is not going to be, it's not going to get out there. It's right. not going to be picked up by the reporter. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that being said, like you said about uh, social media, too, it plays a very important role 
it has a massive impact on PR news now because with social media, um, you know, you, you can't just, it's not just the traditional way. Media relations, the traditional media relations is still important, but with social media, um, just getting getting the word out, there's so many different options today, you know. Um, I was reading a study about um, the impact on public relations, social media impact on public relations, mm-hmm. and it said, uh, despite the low level of reliability, which you and I have talked about in the past, 50% mm-hmm. of journalists identify social media as the main source of information. Wow. So that was a pretty startling statistic. And um, the other statistic that was interesting was that, you know, 50% of PR pros find that journalists are less likely to contact them to fact check since the emergence of social media. So, um, you know, getting your news out through Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, all these all these channels, it's, it's, it, there's so much more that PR people can work with today than ever before. Right. And the journalists are um, picking up news that way, um, not just from a press release, but from, like you said, different events or activities or circumstances that may arise. So it's, it's really, really important uh, mm-hmm. to use social media with your, as part of your public relations planning. Right. And, you know, what's, what's happened in a lot of cases is we have connected with those media people on Twitter, on Facebook, wherever, and, and so we're friends with them. Okay. And, and so they're seeing that information in the feed, you know, whether it's from your personal page or maybe, you know, you're, you're talking about it and they, they have liked your company page or they're seeing a tweet about it. I had, uh, when I was back in Denver, I had a news director tell us, and this was, you know, several years ago, she said that we had to be able to pitch a story to her via Twitter. So we had just that 140 characters. And she said if we couldn't pitch a story that succinctly, we needed to work on the pitch. Right. You know, and, and, and it was funny because that was back when we were still sending the press releases and, and all of those various things. And, you know, maybe we weren't sending them via regular mail, but we were definitely emailing them. Absolutely. And a big part of it was she was talking about how much she was inundated with information. Um, I was talking to a health reporter one time, and she told me that she got, you know, between 50 and 100 story pitches a day. Right. And so she really needed absolutely just that headline. You know, what was going to catch her attention? And I think that's what's so hard for the sales team, for the marketing team, for, you know, the the business owner is we want to have the opportunity to tell our entire story. And so how do you work with people to get them into that, oh, my gosh, I have to be able to pitch it in a sentence or two, and then when they're interested, we give much more information. Right. Um, you know, I read something, too, that said uh, Twitter is making us become better writers because mm-hmm. we have to boil it down to 140 characters. And now I'm hearing 120 characters that you can retweet something and put your mm-hmm. comment on. So it's actually better to do 120 characters these days. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, as I also, um, you know, began my career as a reporter and so have been used to uh, writing very tight leads and, and uh, copy, you know, it's all about being very, you know, descriptive but succinct. And so, um, you know, it's, it's about, like, what's the catchy headline? What's the catchy subject line? You know, people don't have time to read, and they, they mm-hmm. just want, like you said, the 140 characters. Um, and I have to touch on your point that you made about the journalist that you mentioned. Um, that editor was way ahead of her time. Mm-hmm. which is very interesting. Um, but uh, when I went to a seminar of local 
uh, broadcast reporters here in Atlanta, and this was um, probably a couple of years ago, and, you know, they were saying that, hey, you know, pitch us via Twitter. Um, because if you email us, chances are, like you just said, 50 to 100 story pitches a day, um, we won't see your email. So right. I did that. Um, I had a client that had an online event business, um, event listing business. And, um, uh, you know, when I met these journalists, uh, these reporters, I thought, okay, I'm going to try this out. So I actually did tweet uh, one of the TV reporters from Fox News um, a story idea, and he liked it, and he said, mm-hmm. you know, now send me an email. So right. it was like he was going to be looking out for my email mm-hmm. because I tweeted him, and then it ended up that he covered the story, and it was, Great. It was something like that. And, you know, it's just a matter of it's still about the story, but we have to mm-hmm. really zero in to find out, you know, what what's different about what this company is doing, why should the customer or target audience care about the product or service, you know, how is it benefiting folks. Um, it's all about the benefits. So, um, and, you know, then just having a good PR writer um, put that into very succinct copy is, is really where it's at. It's really what's important. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's also about, and, and it's always been about developing the relationships with those news desk editors, with the reporters, you know, the various beat writers, all of those things. And, you know, because it back in, back in the day, we would take them to lunch. We would, you know, get to know them a little bit more so that we knew this is what they want. These are the type of stories that they're interested in. Right. You know, all of those various things. And, and now we just do that on social media. And it's interesting when you are a friend of a news reporter because they're sharing more about their personal life in a lot of cases. I mean, you know, obviously it depends. It, it varies from person to person. But... Sometimes you find out that, you know, this reporter is the parent of twins. Exactly. And, you know, you might not know that just watching them on the, the local newscast or reading their column in the, in the paper. And so you get to know more about them that way, too. And, and so I really encourage people who want to, to connect with the various media outlets to see how they can, can follow those people. And sometimes they have a business page, you know, the, the reporter right. does for a variety of reasons, one of which is, is to protect their privacy. But they also can have more connections that way and, and things like that. So, you know, if you try to connect with a reporter on their personal page and they rebuff you, they're not being rude. They're just, you know, wanting to send you to their, their business page. But it is, again, about building those relationships and showing value. You know, if you're being pitched five to a hundred stories a day, you it, it's your job on the line if you're not presenting the, the best stories also. So they really want to be able to give their readers, their listeners, you know, whoever, the best possible stories. Right. That's definitely true. Um, again, I, I had read a study on the impact of social media, and um, a lot of PR folks, practitioners, talked about that social media helps you see what kind of person a reporter is, that it humanizes <laughs> them and makes it easier to talk with them when it comes to client work. So you're definitely right is, you know, you, you get to – kind of build a relationship on a more personal level and you become closer to them um, because you're learning through social media, like you said, some of their personal information or some of their likes and what they're interested in and even types of stories that they're covering. Um, Sometimes a reporter might put out a query or something that they're looking for certain Mm -hmm. experts, so you might find, you know, story, uh, story opportunities there. 
Um, so it's just such a such a good way to um, further connect with reporters, which you never had an opp- opportunity to do before. Right. Um, so and, and and same thing with the reporters are finding that um, you know they're connecting more and more with the consumers. So mm-hmm. you know the more stories you have that could you know show that human element, the more likely you'll get picked up and um, you know uh, a story will appear. Right. Well, and, you know, one of the things that, that you always have to keep in mind is giving them, you know, as we said, what they want right. and remembering that what you think is news might not be news. Um, you know, it, it, you might think that you've got the greatest widget that you invented in the world or that the the grand opening of your restaurant is, you know, the, the greatest thing to happen to the community in forever. And unfortunately, it's, it's not always. Um, but that's where it helps to know the specific reporters because, you know, I had a client one time that, that hired us because they had taken out their PR department. They had decided they didn't need it, and they had their salespeople do it. You know, not a knock on sales, but they didn't understand how to, to pitch a PR story. And so this company got a brand-new uh, CEO, so they wanted a press release sent out about it. So they told the salespeople, hey, send out this press release. And the salesperson sent it to the one and only reporter he knew. It was a sports reporter. (laughs) The sports reporter didn't care in the slightest about who the new CEO was at this company. And so they got no coverage. And that's part of, you know, knowing first what what is news, and then second, knowing who to approach and and how to approach them. Exactly. Um, That's a great point. Uh, It's definitely... um it's definitely a process of, of knowing how to ferret out what makes a good story and how mm-hmm. to ask the right questions and how to, you know, to, to jog um, the thoughts of um, whether it is the CEO or the, the marketing team or whatever uh, to figure it out. It also is getting the pulse on trends in, in industries or what's going on. If there's something in the news or something like a national trend is how can you make that um, how can you relate that to what your company is doing? So there's many different ways, um, like you said, to come up with the story. And you make a good point. You know, just because you have a widget doesn't mean that's that's a great story. You have to find out really how it's different and how it benefits the customer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like you said, a lot of it is developing relationships with the media. So in my business, you know, we're all the time we're uh, t- talking to various media, we're researching um, whether it's online or uh, different databases that we have to find the right reporter for the right story. Uh, it, it, like you said, it's not just you can throw out the story to any reporter. It has to be very targeted. And reporters get really you know, pissed off when you send them a story that's not in their beat or is not in what they cover. Um, these days there's no excuse not to know that because of social right. media and online publications and all those other things. Mm-hmm. So Great. Well, you know, I, I, I definitely want to continue this because I want to talk about when we come back, <clears throat> excuse me, why someone should use a PR firm or a PR expert as opposed to trying to do it themselves because of exactly what you were saying, knowing what they need, what they want. Um, and so let's continue this when we come back. I am Deb Creer, talking with Wendy Alpine on Mile High Radio, and we'll be back in just a moment. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. 
great shows, great music. MileHighRadio.com. What are you listening to? And now, we're back for more fun and inspiration with social media expert Deb Creer and her fabulous guest. And we're back. And as my music says, and I love it, love it, love it, we do have a fabulous guest on. We are talking with Wendy Alpine of Alpine Communications. We're talking about the role of public relations in general, and also as it pertains to social media. So, Wendy, welcome back. Thanks, Deb. Thanks for having me. I'm really enjoying talking to you today. This is so much fun, and, and it's very informative, um, because I think people, you know, we all want to see our name in print, our name in the newspaper, our name, you know, and, and or our company name, and but we don't know how to do it. Uh, so that's where finding out about the importance of public relations is so important, so first, before we jump back in, tell people how they find you online and, and get your information. Okay, thanks, Deb. Well, you can find Alpine Communications by going to our website. It's www.alpinepr.com, or you can give us a call at 404-641-6170, and we'd be happy to discuss any type of public relations needs or um, programs or initiative you, initiatives you might be interested in. Great, and there was somebody contacting you just then. <laughs> um, you know, and, and I think it's important to note also that you're here in Atlanta, but public relations in many ways is, is very virtual. So, you know, it's people can can have a public relations firm in, in many different places. So, you know, it's it is a good thing to, to be able to provide that information. Absolutely. Um, Great. Yes. <clears throat> well, before the break, we were talking about the role of PR and, and social media and, you know, how things have changed from the good old days and how we're now connecting with these reporters, with these media outlets online. We're developing relationships with them. And, uh, you know, I always think, <coughs> excuse me, from a small business owner's perspective, so many times they think, oh, we can do it ourselves or we can't afford to outsource it. And, you know, that's, that is definitely true in many cases, but when you try to do it yourself, it means you're not focusing on what you really should be doing, which is, you know, selling your product and service and, and things like that. And it, it, in many cases, is so much better to actually go to an expert because in the long run, it saves time. It saves, you know, embarrassing yourself. It saves all sorts of things because the media, in many cases, is very unforgiving. <laughs> I mean, it's just like anything else. If, if you get bad customer service, if you, you know, have a bad uh, association with somebody, you don't tend to give them a second chance. So, it's better to have reached out to them in the appropriate ways, and, and in many cases that means hiring a PR firm. And, you know, it used to be, and, and it still is for many big companies, they have PR firms either in, you know, they have in staff, in-house staff, or they put people on retainers. And now there are boutique agencies where it's, just, you know, you can do one-time press release or things like that. And so it's, it gets to be much more cost-effective for someone. Absolutely. I mean, that's the one thing here at Outline Communications is kind of our um, brand difference is that, um, you know, we're the definitive alternative to high-priced uh, PR firms. You know, there are 
firms that need that. But like you mentioned before, many many small to mid-sized businesses just don't have the budget. But mm-hmm. along with what you, you said, I was at a meeting yesterday with a CEO group I'm involved in, and it was mentioned that, you know, 3 to 10% of your uh, sales uh, should uh, of your sales should be spent on marketing slash PR. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the one of the members of the group has a um, a roofing company, and she was saying how um, her dad had stopped all the advertising, so now they're like at square one, but they don't have the money to do anything, and they have this constant contact. But like you said, I mean, it, it, what are you spending money on then? It, it's um, mm-hmm. if you're not spending money getting the word out about your business, promoting the goods and services that you have, then how can people find you, and how can you generate sales? So. It really is um, it, PR and marketing uh, definitely are part of the business plan and should be considered as such, not just an add-on. Uh, it needs to just it needs to be just as important as anything else in the business. So um, so that's a that's a big thing. And like you said before, um, you know, working with some smaller agencies sometimes could fit the bill because we smaller agencies like mine and others out there. Can be more flexible and nimble, mm-hmm. um, and aren't um, you know rooted in having to with large overhead and staffs and things like that. So we can kind of be more creative and flexible when it comes to um, program offerings and pricing. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and it is about telling that story. You know, say that the the roofer. You know, she's thinking, "What the heck is my story? I put roofs on. You know, I, I redo things." Well, it's it's not about saying, "Okay, for." thousand dollars we do this for two thousand dollars we do that that's called advertising right um it's more about talking about the you know you you there was this big storm and you went in and, and you were able to help this family you know it's it's personalizing it and i think that's where a lot of businesses get uh get confused and get caught up they don't make it about the the people, about the story. You know, it, it is about that because that's what makes the news. Um, you know, that's what makes it interesting to a reporter, to a reader. You know, I don't want to know how much it costs. If I want to know how much it costs, I'll go to your website. Yeah. I want to know the benefits. So maybe it's that there's a brand new roofing material that you're going to be using. Okay, tell me the benefits of that. Is it really green? You know, and and not green as in color, but green as environmentally friendly. You know, all of those things that really pique someone's interest as opposed to for $1,000 we come and do this. Exactly. And like you were saying before with advertising, I mean, advertising has its purposes, but it's it's more like a one-way street, whereas PR is more about, like what you said, personalizing the story um, engaging in conversations with your market. So um, that's a great point, and, and um, I might actually call her and talk to her about that, about, you know, <laughs> what are the benefits and, um, right. like, these things, how you help families. That, that's a great point, mm-hmm. and people don't think about that. They think, oh, I don't have advertising. I don't have money for a billboard. And maybe mm-hmm. that's not what you need. You know, right. Maybe you can do it in a, in a more cost-effective way through storytelling mm-hmm. and um, finding a human interest story that you can promote on the news. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely agree with that. Well, and then that's where social media comes back in because if you've told that story and you've posted on a Facebook, um, you know, which is typically the the place where somebody's going to do something like that, but it could also be LinkedIn, Twitter, those things like that. Then what's important is it gets shared. You know, so maybe you've written the story and I see it on your Facebook page and I think, wow, this is a great story. I want to send this information to my Facebook connections. So I share it. And then there's that implied 
gee, if Deb likes this company, it must be good. You know, we all think that. When we read something that's, that one of our friends has posted or shared online, it, it kind of gives it that third-party endorsement or, or almost a first-party endorsement. Yeah. You know, I might have never even talked to that roofing company, but simply because I shared it, it kind of gives that endorsement. And I and, and and that's a good thing. And I think that's what companies really need to look for is how to create shareable information. And video is absolutely one of the best ways to be able to do that. Definitely. On that point that you just made, um, you might have heard about that incident in Target. Um, you know, it's a perfect example of mm-hmm. the brand not really doing anything, but um, it was kind of just, I don't know if you heard about the story where a young man came in and needed a tie and uh, needed a clip-on tie. They weren't clip-on ties, so the the employees there actually bought him a tie and gave him mm-hmm. some advice on interview questions. And someone had gone, had heard the story and then took a photo, shared it on Facebook, and then it went totally viral. Right. And that's just a perfect example. It wasn't just, oh, look at Target and how great, what a great company it is and the different things it's doing, but it was this one little kernel of a story of of somebody who a customer who came in and how the employees helped and mm-hmm. you know they didn't engineer that but it was just a, a really powerful example of how social media helped spread the story and like you said gave it like a first party endorsement right right well and it's important for the companies to monitor that also because um, it, when I I saw this story, and and if I remember right, Target actually chimed in also, and and that's where it's important because, you know, they want to make sure that you know they're they're congratulating the young man because he was going for a job interview, you know, bring it back to you know Target is not just this big company or you know whoever it is, they're people too. Right. Exactly. Well. And, you know, then we have this problem of we've all become the, the media outlets, whether it's that we're sharing information or we're not fact-checking. And I think that tends to be one of the things that we see more often that causes problems, whether it's for companies or, you know, individuals. Um, you know, here in Atlanta, we had a, an incident that happened a couple of days ago where Chipper Jones, who uh, is a former Atlanta Braves baseball player, for our listeners in, in Colorado, he's along the lines of Todd Helton um, or even Peyton Manning. Um, you know, he very well thought of in the community. And Chipper sent out a tweet that said something along the lines of he had heard that the Sandy Hook shootings were a hoax that the FBI had done. And, of course, that just went crazy. And and then he, of course, later had to say, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I got the information and from someone I thought was a trusted source, and it was incorrect. So it's so important to fact check before you hit the share button. And, and it really doesn't matter if it's, you know, the, a hoax or anything. Just double check that information. Just because it came from someone you respect and believe doesn't always mean they got the information right either. And do you see that as, as a big problem, Wendy? Yes, I do. And, and the studies are bearing out that, you know, there's being less fact checking and more what's called crowd checking. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it is very important. I was, um, the other day I was watching something on CNN. It was one of these videos um, by the entertainment producer, and she she mm-hmm. made the same point, saying, people, please fact check your shares and your tweets. Um, she mentioned how, like, Eddie Murphy has been dead, you know, so many times already, <laughs> you know, um, mm-hmm. that spreading these rumors about different celebrities who have died, and it's not true. And, and that's just, you know, one thing, but it's just, 
it's really important to fact check because it could, you know, it could really affect a brand. Um, it could really mm -hmm. affect certain individuals. Um, and then with the case of Chipper Jones, I mean, it really affected the families that were involved in this terrible right. tragedy. Mm -hmm. And um, it just, he came off, um, people called him stupid. He, he came off being looked at very insensitively. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't think that's what he intended to do, but it was just something like, I think with social media, I was, um, I'm always fascinated about by a lot of times people feel they could be more snarky and um, right. mean and ugly and stuff on social media because there's nobody on the other end, you know. Mm -hmm. And the same thing is we just say, oh, I'm going to post this. It's like a, a knee-jerk reaction because they can, mm -hmm. uh, but it's a good idea maybe to right before you think you're going to tweet that or post something to think about, okay, this is going to end up, you know, some it's going to end up in the in the Twitter universe and it's going to stay there forever. And so I want to be make sure what I put out there is something factual or mm -hmm. not going to offend someone or that type of thing. So, right. um, yeah, I mean, and also there's been, you know, it's interesting, there's been, you know, companies uh, that um, give their um, Twitter handles and uh, Facebook handles and everything over to, you know, certain people, whether it's um, young people, not to disparage young people, or agencies that are managing many different Twitter accounts, mm -hmm. you have to be really careful. And, um, you know, sometimes they're confusing, like they think they're personally tweeting and it goes on to the brand page, you know, and so then it makes them look really bad. This happened with a car company when they made this disparaging comment about Detroit drivers mm -hmm. and it backfired on, on um, you know, on the company and then they had to fire the firm. And then in other cases, there was when um, President Obama was running for re-election, um, there was like a KitchenAid uh, uh, oh, right. person mm -hmm. who was managing that account and they said something disparaging about his grandmother, and, and, and then KitchenAid had to go out there right away and apologize. This does not represent our views. So along the fact-checking lines, we also have to be careful about, you know, who's tweeting, you know, who has mm -hmm. the administrative rights to tweet, what are they saying, what are the brand messages. It's just, you know, not just tweeting for tweeting's sake, but make sure it aligns with the brand. Mm -hmm. Well, and... One of the things that businesses always tell me when I ask them, you know, are you on Facebook, and, and I know they're not, they say, well, you know, somebody might say something bad. Mm -hmm. And and I always tell them, you know, if if you think they might be saying something bad, they probably already are. And so don't you want to get in front of that, you know, and, and fix it and try to make it better? You know, and, and it happens to, to every company. And, and, you know, it's, you mentioned the fact that, you know, we think we can post and there's no ramifications. It's kind of like our computer monitors are a shield. Yes. You know, we're, we're protected behind it. So we can call somebody stupid. We can call them an idiot. You know, we can do all of those various things and we, and we don't have to fact check because it's, it's okay. I, uh, this was a year or so ago I saw this story where it was um, a military person. And, of course, everybody's radar goes up when somebody starts saying that something bad happened to a military person. And so it was, the story was that this, uh, uh, he was in the Army and he was posted overseas and his printer quit. You know, his, his computer printer quit. And he contacted the company and said, hey, I, you know, and I, want, I want a new printer. And the response they gave him was, well, first of all, it's out of warranty. And second of all, we're not going to ship a printer overseas. And, of course, this just went ballistic, you know, and, and it went viral, as, as we say. 
Well, I happen to know the head of public relations for that company, and I contacted her and I said, you've probably seen this, but, you know, just wanted you to know this is out there. It was actually a story that was at least five years old. The company had fixed it and and had instituted a policy that any military person, any time, would be given new equipment. You know, it didn't matter if it was, you know, something that was 10 years old, you know, something that had they'd bought the day before, all of those various things. And, you know, and, and plus they would ship overseas, they would do whatever it was. So, you know, they had fixed it, but it had somehow it had popped back up and then all it took was one or two people who were fairly, you know, well followed, well thought of to start posting that and it went viral again. And so then this company had to do damage control all over again for for a story that was many years old. That's true. That that same CNN reporter reminds me. She mentioned the same thing. Sometimes you're sharing content that's years old, and I mean, we just sometimes that just we can't uh, prevent that. And I guess on the on the flip side is you know maybe they could use it as an opportunity to talk about you know what they did do and how they mm-hmm. have it. They you know they instituted this new program now for mm-hmm. all military personnel that if something goes wrong with your computer or printer that you automatically can get one replaced. So mm-hmm. I you know you're right and that's going to happen so what you know maybe companies can take advantage of it and and um turn on its head by you know talking about the positive stuff because it's going right. to happen and you know but um yeah so I I mean I definitely I think that, you know, social media social media can be a, you know, a, a blessing and a curse sometimes. You mm-hmm. know, a lot right. of potential, but on the other hand, we have to use it, you know, responsibly and wisely and that type of thing. Right. Well, and, and I think probably one of the best things is, is a saying that I've heard several people say is if you wouldn't say it to someone's face, don't post it online. Right. You know, and, and so if it's if it's gossip, if it's, you know, snarky, if it's I'm gonna call somebody a name, I mean if you wouldn't do that to their them in, in person, then don't post it. You know, and, and so if you wouldn't walk into the business and say, Hey, you know, I heard this about you, well, you know, really think twice about it. Now, you know, do we need to get information out there? Yes. And but you know, just double check to make sure that what you're providing to the people who trust you because they're connected with you, make sure you're providing the best information. Right. And make sure you think about uh, maybe have social media ambassadors and things like that. Mm-hmm. I've heard companies that you know, if you're a lot of times companies do use you know young people, it could be someone uh, you know in college or out of college, you know, posting their social media, but they really need to be trained and um, you know uh, and. The, if you if you're using a public relations firm, you can go over you know what are the messages of this company, what are mm-hmm. our brand values, and to have that always in front of them so they know when they're posting those things are part of of the messages they're putting out there and that's right. what they're willy nilly posting. Yep, perfect, perfect. Well, we are ready to take our last break, and when we come back. I want to talk more about how things can, you know, how things have changed in the last five, ten years where, you know, as, as I said, everybody's online, everybody's a reporter, but more importantly, how, you know, kind of as we've been talking about, how one little thing can blow up into something and ruin someone's career and, you know, all of these various things. So when we come back, we'll talk about that. I am Deb Creer with Wendy Alpine on Mile High Radio, and we'll be back in just a moment. Thank you for being a friend Travel down a road and back again Your heart is true You're a pal and a confidant 
Yep, here's your problem. You haven't been listening to MileHighRadio.com. And now, we're back for more fun and inspiration with social media expert Deb Creer and her fabulous guest. And we're back, and I'm having such a great time talking with Wendy Alpine of Alpine Communications about public relations, social media, how everything has changed with how we as consumers, maybe is the best word to, to use, get our information and then how we share that information. So again, Wendy, welcome back. Thanks, Deb. Thanks for having me. I've been really enjoying talking about how social media has impacted public relations, all the changes going on, and how how businesses could um, capitalize on that. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, let's talk about what I mentioned right before the break, how Something that five years ago would have been very small, you know, might have not even made the public consciousness. Or, you know, a couple of people would have talked about it and then it was gone. But now things just blow up. And, and it is because we hit the share button. We hit the, the tweet button. We, you know, we, we, we retweet. That's hard to say. <laughs> um, and, and do all of those things. And, and we can, ruin a company or a person's reputation very quickly when five years ago that never would have happened. And and I don't know that that's good or bad. I think it's just kind of a, a function of what's going on, but it kind of is amazing how fast it can happen now. Oh, I know. It's incredible. Um, we had talked about just, you know, what happened recently with Brian Williams and how, mm-hmm. um, you know, and he apparently embellished his story of um, being when he was in Iraq in 2003 and what uh, helicopter he was on. Um, and so, you know, we were talking that you know, maybe 5, 10, 15 years ago, this story just might have, you know, he wouldn't have gone on and embellished it and nothing would have really happened. But And they might have done one quick story on the nightly news that said, oh, you know, it, it, he misrepresented, here's the true facts, and it would have been gone. Right. And, <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't have had another opportunity. But now with social media, once um, when that uh, event came up again, um, somebody called him out on Facebook about it, and that whole thing went viral. And now his whole career is in jeopardy because of, you know, this, this statement that he made and because of social media where it's going to live forever. And, and he, like you said before, it, it um, now he's become, you know, butt of jokes. And, um, you know, we've seen memes about him in, in different situations. There's a hashtag. Uh, they developed the hashtag. Brian Williams misremembers, and and uh, his credibility and, and trust is really um, in question now. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading that he went from being the 23rd most trusted person in the U.S. to now he's the 835 most trusted person. And, and that was in less than a week. Exactly. Look how fast that was. That mm-hmm. was incredible. And, you know, whether she, he should resign or not, and, you know, the questions are are. are coming up about, like, can he, you know, recover from this? Um, and it's hard to say um, what's going to be. I mean, time will tell. But mm-hmm. these things, you know, it seems like social media can, like, make or break your career these days. So. Right, right. Well, and we've seen it happen with CEOs of companies mm-hmm. and celebrities. And, you know, and, and maybe it's the CEO of your little, of, of a little local company. And just, you know, all the people that are, are local are posting about it on Facebook. So it's not just the, the, the big 
celebrities, the big news media, you know, people like that. It, it is something that social media has the power to make or to break someone's career or to, to make or break a business. And absolutely. And so, again, it's that what we were saying before, you know, it's, um, I mean, in that case, he had already said it and somebody came out and, and talked about it. And we've seen it happen with, you know, Mitt Romney with his, mm-hmm. thought he was being, um, giving a presentation in a private setting and then somebody videotaped it, you right. know. So anything, you know, you say anywhere, you know, if you're in any kind of meeting, like you said, even if you're a, a business person, you need to just be cognizant that that could be taped, that could go viral. Um, somebody could be taking video of you and you may not know it. So, um, you know, like you said before, you have to, I think, be more thoughtful today about what you're saying um, rather than just being off the cuff with things. So. Right. Well, and, you know, it, it used to be that, that when you talk to a reporter, you could say, now this is off the record. And, you know, and, and they, and they, they do still, you know, trust things like that. And, and, but as you said, everybody has a cell phone that has the capability to take video. Um, you know, I'm a big, uh, for, for my listeners who are, you know, very familiar with me, I'm, they know that I am a huge college sports fan. And of course, University of Colorado is still my team. And, and, you know, Nebraska is just always the, the hated Nebraska, even though we're in totally different conferences now. And, you know, not long ago, the, they fired their head coach. And part of it was because he kept making statements that, then people would take a video of and post it online where he used very foul language to talk about donors where, you know, he talked bad about the administration. And, and in some of those, it was a team meeting or it was a, a private meeting. Mm. And his assumption was, you know, it's, it's a private meeting. It's a team meeting. Well, somebody in, the, in all of those cases had their camera and they recorded it. And I think what amazed me was he was always dumbfounded that that information got out there, you know, and, and it's like really, it's happened to you several times. Do you not get that this is what's right. going to happen? Right. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's public. Like you said, we're all, people have become their own publishers, um, with all the technology that we have today. It, it's a much more public world than ever before, and mm-hmm. social media has made it so. And, um, there's much more direct, uh, contact with consumers and what you say really can travel. And so, um, I mean, I think, you know, we don't want to, you know, not, we don't want to say that social media isn't a great tool, but it it is a good tool, but I think it needs to Mm -hmm. be, you know, it needs to be thought through. Why do you, you know, what channel do you need? Why do you need it? How are your audiences getting their information? And, um, with all those things and then deciding, okay, what do we want to say and what is, what are the brand messages and, and things like that. So that, um, you know, and coaching too. I mean, just as that mm-hmm. CEO or that mm-hmm. um, coach that you mentioned, you know, obviously I don't know where the PR person was in that or maybe he didn't want to listen to that. <laughs> he didn't want to listen. He didn't to want him. to listen. That happens a lot. But, I mean, then it backfires on them because if they had had some right. training and gone through maybe the first video where it backfired, he could have totally changed the message and maybe saved his job. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and part of PR is that crisis training. And, you know, I think so many people assume that they don't need it. You know, we, we put our little heads down in the sand and we think nothing bad is ever going to happen to us. And it really does take just one thing, you know, one complaint. Maybe it's that somebody posts online that they had a horrible meal at their local restaurant. Well, might not, they might have tagged the wrong restaurant. I mean, you know, all these various things. And 
And, you know, then it just kind of builds and builds and builds. And, and getting in front of a crisis and being prepared in advance is it's going to work wonders for you. Having to play catch up never works. You know, your your reputation is tarnished sometimes, as we've been saying, beyond repair. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's definitely important to, you know, when you, as a PR person, when I um, engage with a new client to kind of get all the information about, you know, what the news is and what stories they mm-hmm. have, but also uh, is there anything that we have to anticipate? Is this like, mm-hmm. like you were saying before, if, like one time I had a company that uh, dealt with surgical devices, but knowing are there any complications, have there been any lawsuits? It's like trying to understand even mm-hmm. both the positives and the negatives and what could, what issues could arise and how would we be able to deal with those mm-hmm. in advance rather than being caught and having to respond. Right. Well, and it's also knowing about the competition. You know, your your example was great where it's a medical instrument. They might have had an absolutely stellar reputation, but maybe another company who makes the same equipment doesn't. Well, you know, how do you deal with that? If they, you know, if they're in the news, you have to be able to respond and, and uh, you know, because maybe the reporter is going to call and say, hey, you know, you make the same instrument. What what is your experience with it? Because then you you need to be able to respond without trashing the other company. I mean, you know that's that's very bad form. But you want to say we have a, an excellent service record. You know, you want to be prepared. The worst thing is, and and we still see it, no comment. Right. Because no comment. I mean, it's it's become, and I don't know if it's because of television or all these various things. When you say no comment, it's like you put this big sign on you that says guilty. Right. You know, and, and sometimes there are very, very valid reasons for not being able to comment. You know, maybe it's an employee matter. Maybe it's a legal matter. All sorts of things. And so somebody just needs to know how to say no comment in a way that isn't coming across as being, hey, well, we're hiding something. Well, to that point, too, um, there are many different ways. And, I, again, you know, you could, you, it's okay to say um, in a situation something, something like, I don't know, we're, we're going to be looking mm-hmm. into that. It's right. okay to say, I don't know, but it's a great question. We're going to, I'll be looking into that. When I get the answer, mm-hmm. I'll get back to you. Or if it's a legal issue, you can't say, you know, you can't comment, but you could say, you know, it's a legal issue. It's under investigation. As soon as the facts are in, we'll go back to you. But you're right. No comment just shuts it all down and makes people more suspicious than not. So um, better to uh, respond and be as honest as you can without, you know, jeopardizing any legal situation. But to be out front and to, to be upfront are, are really important. Right. You know, and, and unfortunately, sometimes on social media, things just, you know, as, as we said, they develop a life of their own. And the company can, even when they're trying to fix things, things just keep going bad. Um, you know, and, and so there are times where the company needs to just say, okay, we're just not going to respond for a while. We're going to let this die down. Uh, some other news story will come up, you know, and, and we'll be pushed to the back burner, back burner and people won't remember. But I always tell them, don't forget that that's still out there. You know, because it could come up again. You know, we still see pictures of Martha Stewart when she was taken off to prison or, you know, the the disgraced uh, baseball player or, you know, uh, all of those various things. Those come back. And, you know, so you just always have to be prepared for the fact that, you know, maybe you thought you dealt with it. Maybe you thought it was a dead issue. You know, but it it could come back. Right. It could come back. And what what what's your response going to be? And how can you turn it into mm-hmm. a positive? Right. So you, right. What, you know, you've made changes, uh, you have a new program, you have mm-hmm. a new initiative. Um, it, you know, I think companies do get frustrated. Oh, this, this mm-hmm. issue is, is, has come back up in the news, but but this is the nature of things, but it's how you handle it and how mm-hmm. you can turn it into a positive, which I think is important. 
Right. Well, and then that's where the power of social media comes in very, very good, because I've seen things where, say, a company ignored a bad comment, bad criti- you know, a criticism, then people come out of the woodwork to also criticize and say negative things. But if the company tried to fix it, then all their supporters start coming out. And that's where that's so good because, you know, we can all say, hey, we're a great, wonderful company and we do these terrific things and people go, yeah, yeah, right. But when the other, when, when other people come out and say, hey, this is a great company, you know, they, they have done good things. Here's my experience with them. That makes the, the difference. Definitely. Like those customer, we do a lot of those customer testimonials and customer mm-hmm. profiles where the customer is, is testifying to the, the benefits of the product. And, um, and you're right. I mean, it, it's all about, it's all about that and how you can get these little vignettes, these little stories mm-hmm. out there rather than run these negative stories. So, right. And if you can do that proactively, you know, keep that going, even though something, something may have happened negatively, if you can over, you know, if you could present more and more positive stories, you can kind of dilute the negative. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and and it's funny, when I was actively doing PR for our clients, we would work on building kind of what we call that bank of good, positive opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe it's a company that, well, a great example, I used to work for a very large insurance company, um, and we were very proud of our philanthropic efforts. You know, and, and there was a, several reasons for it. The first was our employees really liked it and thought it was great to work for a company that, that was so philanthropic-minded. But we also, and, and, you know, we liked doing good things for the community and, and all of those, but it also was kind of that good PR bank because then if, and, and fortunately nothing negative ever happened, but if something negative would have happened, they would have gone, well, you know, this happened, but look, they've also been big supporters of Children's Hospital and you know the 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 local humane society and all of those things so it kind of counteracts that negative i agree with that yes it does and, and i think companies need to think of that sometimes they're like well uh, you know again that i can't afford pr i can you almost can't afford not to and you need right. that i love that what you just said the good pr bank of stories mm-hmm. to get out there and get out there consistently so that your brand is in front and you're getting positive messages out and you're building credibility and trust with your public so that's, that's really important. That's really one of the most um, influential ways that uh, PR can help the brand is that conveying these positive, good stories. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's also about not only talking about your business and the product or service you sell. You know, it's it's maybe posting about, hey, every Friday we celebrate our employees' birthdays, and here's who had birthdays today. You know, and showing a picture of them with the cake, or you know, we've got this great softball team, and here's what we did, or we went and built a house for Habitat for Humanity. You know, and and so it's it's about personalizing those companies also, and. You know, because we, and I say this probably every single program, we work with people we know, like, and trust. And we get to know them through social media. So if we've seen that they're active in the community and that they, you know, have done good things and they treat their employees well and they have fun at their office, then we might be more inclined to work with them, to refer to them, and maybe give them the benefit of the doubt if something bad happens. Yes, I definitely agree with that. And that. You know, that's, that's definitely the case. I mean, I was talking to one, another, um, 
um, business owner, and he was saying, you know, like you just said, they celebrate the birthdays. But he didn't mention posting it on Facebook, but that's actually a great idea, you know. It's like mm-hmm. a really important thing, and the employee really cares and is impressed when the CEO comes and celebrates with him. And, and those those little things, I think you make really great points And that sometimes, you know, like you and I as PR people, we could think of those things. Like they may not mm-hmm. even think of it because somebody's right. organizing the birthday party. But mm-hmm. like you said, you know, putting that on social media or the, the, the baseball game or whatever they're doing or if they're doing a community service project um, and, and maybe, you know, a video. Uh, videos are, are really uh, important for, you know, search engine, things like mm-hmm. that, and having video is, is really great. And like you said, having the employees almost be your brand ambassador. Right, right. It's really a great way also to uh, showcase what you're doing. Well, and I love it when employees are able to be brand ambassadors. You know, sometimes they're not for a variety of reasons. Uh, Sometimes it depends on the industry and, and some things like that. But if your employees won't say good things about you, there's a way different problem. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and, you know, so say you post the photo online of, of, you know, Wendy's birthday. And then Wendy shares it with her friends. People are thinking, wow, that's a cool company. You know, and, and so it's, it is one of those things where there are ways to, to be able to, to just have a, a positive influence. Absolutely. And just uh, um, another thing is, I know you and I talked in the past, too, about, that's very like um, having showing the employees, but another way is how can you get your employees to be brand ambassadors? Mm-hmm. So one of the companies that we represent is a tech, HR technology company, and so one of the things they want to do is get more of their experts out there posting about their expertise, their their knowledge, and so. You and I talked about LinkedIn and um, how this LinkedIn publisher is a great tool to get um, more people to view your blog posts and things Mm -hmm. like that. So you become an employee ambassador in in a sense because you're mentioning that you work for that company. You know, it's it's on your LinkedIn, and at the end you can put your bio. But it's a way to further promote the brand and the expertise by actually doing a a blog post on LinkedIn. It's it's a great Mm -hmm. tool for business. Right. And a lot of people think, well, you know, I'm not connected with a lot of people on LinkedIn or, you know, all those various things. And I tell people it's not not always who you're connected with that's important. It's who they are connected with that might actually be the stepping stone. So, you know, if you had a great uh, article on LinkedIn and somebody shared it with their connections, who knows what could happen? Absolutely. In fact, um, when I was looking into this, I was reading a marketing person's uh, actual LinkedIn blog post about this, and he said, you know, he had this blog on his company website, didn't get any views, and and then he posted uh, this um, LinkedIn post. It was more of a personal thing, but he posted it on LinkedIn, and he got like, I don't know, 100,000 views on it and shares and mm-hmm. likes, and it was he was connecting with people that – you know, he probably would have never met before, right? Uh, not only in his connections, but others, which could in turn lead to business. Mm-hmm. So important, so important. Well, it is the top of the hour, and we, we've we just barely scratched the surface of this. So we'll come back and have you as a guest again, because I think it is something that so many businesses and, and people need to understand is how to use social media to be promoting what they do without being that used car salesman, you know, what to do if something bad happens, how to fix that. So I've had a great time talking with Wendy Alpine of Alpine Communications. One last time, Wendy, tell people how they find you online. Okay. Well, you can reach me and Alpine Communications 
at our website, which is www.alpinepr.com, or give us a call, 404-641-6170. Perfect. I love it. I love it. Well, everyone, thank you for listening, and until next week, have a great week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.